hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, Mike, would you please come forward and share your thoughts? And if you're joining us by way of television this morning, we'll be getting into um, Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. And Mike's going to give us a little understanding of this, this scripture before we read it. And then we'll read it, and then we'll go into the message this morning. And next week, next week, um, Rob is going to be sharing about a diversity um, workshop seminar that we were asked to attend, and she represented all of that. Yeah. Good morning, brothers and sisters. In verse 25, or of course, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 35. A man named Simeon was headed right towards Jerusalem. The name Simeon means the just. He was not only living up to his name, but the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the arrival of the Messiah. He was a pious and adult, devout person in God's words, and simply put, this God drink and God respected him. With all this in mind, he was on the alert for the Lord's coming. His arrival. He was led by the Spirit to the Holy Spirit, to the temple. While there, Joseph and Mary walked in, holding a baby. They cradled baby Jesus in their fairy arms. He grabbed the baby and praised God. He sang a song that you now call the song of Simeon. The man that had so patiently awaited the arrival of the Messiah now had him in his arms. I will paraphrase the song he sang, Simeon's song, but he sang that he will not die in peace. His eyes had seen the salvation from God that he not only prepared for Israel, but everybody alive. Joseph and Mary were amazed by song that Simeon had sung, especially about their baby Jesus. Furthermore, Simeon blessed Mary and said to her, Behold, your child is set, set for the rise and fall of many in Israel, and they swore to pierce your own heart too, and the thought that many hearts will be revealed. Simeon's song's words show that Simeon knew that Jesus would not only give salvation to the people of Israel, but to everybody on earth and the entire world. When he said to Mary about the piercing sword, he was prophesying that she would not only see that God arrive on earth, but to live and die in the flesh. Indeed, she had, and she will do exactly that. Thank you, Mike. I'd like to challenge you all now to turn in Scripture with me. Viewing by way of television, it's Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35, and if you're here, you'll find it in your few Bibles at page 59. When my children were growing up, I'd often read scripture to them, and 
now it's my grandchildren, and I kind of paraphrase to them what we were going to be studying and in reading in Joy and Hope for Christian. I kind of paraphrase it so that Scripture would kind of come alive when I read it to them. Scripture reminds us as we ask God's blessings in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 and 35. This is a portion of Scripture that it reminds you and I of many promises, and Jesus is presented here in the temple. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name, Simeon, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and he praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. In peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all your peoples. A light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. And then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is esteemed for falling in the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will peace your soul too. May God add his blessings to his word. We have, you and I, in these verses, the history, the history of, of one, just one, one whose name is nowhere else mentioned in the New Testament. And we find that the theme of his name is a very just and a very devout person. If this could be said of you and I, that we are just, and we are devoted. We know nothing of Simeon's life before or after the time when Christ was born. We are only told that Simeon came. He came by the Holy Spirit. I trust that you've come to worship today by the Holy Spirit into this church, as Simeon did in the Spirit into the temple. And when the child Jesus was brought there by, by his mother, Mary, and and that they took Jesus up in his arms and they, they blessed God. In the words which are now well known throughout all the world. We see here in the first case, in the case of Simeon, how God has, has believing people. Believing people even in the midst of places and in the darkest times. In the Air Force, much as um, our fellow reverend and rabbi was in the Air Force and traveled, 
Sometimes we get in darkened places, and I know Mike in Desert Storm and Desert Shield, you get in certain places, even maybe on a ship or a plane or an airbase, and you think that you're the only person that's really excited about God. And Simeon here has God believing people, even in the midst of places and the darkest of places and times. It's kind of like now. It seems there are trials and tribulations that are going on in politics. If you, if you miss a day, you, it's like you missed a year of politics just a few years ago. Or if you're trying to follow religion, and I, I appreciate the rabbis and sharing that they've gone on a kind of 40-day fast, not a physical fast, but a but a political and a television fast and a media fast and just refrain from any forms of media for 40 days. Religion at this time was at a very low ebb in Israel when Christ was born. The faith of Abraham was spoiled. Faith of Abraham was spoiled by the doctrines of Pharisees and Sadducees, and you can see that in some of our political parties today. Kind of a lack of sense of worship and respect for God, and some they don't want to chaplains to open up in prayer in Jesus' name. Yet even when we find in the midst of Jerusalem, we find a person that says that was very just and, and very devout, a, a person upon whom the Holy Ghost resided. And you say that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, in my life. It's a, it's a cheering, it's a cheering thought that God never leaves God's witness without a witness. Small as his believing church may sometimes be, it's said that wherever two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, that Jesus is present. That the gates of hell shall never completely prevail against it. The true church may be driven into the wilderness and be scattered like a flock, but it never dies. That leaven, that yeast, that salt of the earth, that light of the world, there, there was a lot. There was a lot, a L-O-T in Sodom and Gomorrah that was asked to leave. And Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Lot and his family, and, and there was an Obadiah in Ahab's household. There was a Daniel that was in Babylon, and, and there was a Jeremiah in Zedekiah's court. I could probably say today that there was a Robin, a Robin in a, in a seminary that seemed like more of the world than of the church. And the last days of the Jewish church, when it's in in all the iniquity that was almost full, there were godly people like Simeon, even in Jerusalem. Now, true Christians, true Christians in, in, in every age should remember this and take comfort that it's a truth which you and I are apt to forget that in consequences that we feel gives way to a sense of despondency. Like Elijah said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. Isaiah, Elijah said, and you may say that sometimes when you're in a gathering, 
If you feel you're the only salt and the only light. And then, like Elijah said, they seek my life to take it away. But what said the answer of God? What said the answer of God to him? According to 1 Kings chapter 29, verses 14 and 18, ye have left around you 7,000, 7,000 in Israel. And at times if you feel like you're the only one and everybody else is in a state of hibernation, let us learn to be more hopeful. Let us believe that, that this transforming grace can live and flourish even in the most unfavorable, unfavorable circumstances. There are more simians in the world than you and I can ever imagine or suppose. And then also we see, secondly, we see in the Song of Simeon how completely a believer can be delivered from the fear of death. Are you frightened of death? Lord, says Simeon, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. I've been at the death side, deathbed, with many individual for nearly 50 years of ministry, and I've seen some struggling, but more so those who have said, I'm ready to go. I want to give up this old vessel. I want to go to be with the Lord where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. Lord says, old Simeon, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. Simeon speaks like one for whom the grave or death has lost all of its terrors and the world all its charms. He is not afraid of death and he's not longing anymore for the charms and the so-called laurels of this earth. He desires to be released from the miseries of his pilgrim state of existence and be allowed to go home. Sometimes we forget that. This is not our home. This is kind of our temporary deployment. We're just passing through. He desires to be released from the miseries of his pilgrim state of existence and be allowed to go home. How many times I've, I've said to you and others, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. He's willing to be absent from the body and, and present with the Lord. He speaks as one who knows where he's going and when he departs from this life, he cares not how soon he goes. The change with him will be a change for the better. And for you and I as Christians, the change from this life to the next will be tremendous, and he desires that this, this change may come. Is that your desire? Is that your passion? What is it that can enable a mortal human being such as you and I to use such language as this? What can deliver us from this fear of death to which so many are in bondage? What can take the sting of death away? There is but one answer to such questions. 
Nothing but strong faith can do it. Faith, F-A-I-P-H, laying firm hold on an unseen Savior. Faith resting on the promises of an unseen God. Faith and faith only can enable a person to look death in the face and say, I depart in peace. I depart in peace. It's not enough to be a it's not enough to be wary of pain. It's not enough to be wary of sickness and ready to submit to anything that is a sake of change. It's not enough to feel indifferent to the world and when we have no more strength to mingle in the businesses of life or enjoy its pleasures. We, we must have something more, something more than this, if we desire to, to be part to depart in real peace. We must have this faith like Simeon's, even that faith which is a gift of God. It's that transforming grace. Without such faith, we may die quietly and there may seem, according to Psalm 73, verse 4, that no bands, no bands, no bands in our death. We don't want to be tied down to this world. We're going to a better place. But dying without such faith, we shall never find ourselves at home when we wake up in another, another world. We do need to experience this transforming grace of Jesus Christ. We see furthermore in, in the song of Simeon, Simeon, the song of Simeon, what clear views of Christ's work and office some Jewish believers attained, even before the gospel was preached. Keeping in mind, Jesus was just presented. The good news had been spread for a number of years, but we find this good old man, this good old person, speaking of Jesus as the salvation, the salvation which God had prepared as a light, a light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of his people Israel. Well, would it have been for the, this letter, the letter learned in all the degrees that described in the Pharisees of Simeon to that man, but they had no sense of wanting to follow. If they had sat at Jesus' feet and, and if they'd only listened to Jesus' words, Christ would be indeed a light to lighten the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And without Jesus, they were sunk. They were sunk. And without Jesus, you and I would be sunk in gross darkness and superstition. They, they knew not the way of life. They worshipped the works of their own hands. Their wisest philosophers were utterly ignorant of spiritual things. According to Romans chapter 1, verse 22, they were professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. They were worshiping all the created things rather than the creators, the creator, the one creator. And the gospel of Christ was like what was like sunrise to the Greek, the Greeks and the Romans and in this whole, whole heathen world. 
And the light which is left is on one's mind on the subject of religion was as great as a change was from night to day. Christ was indeed the glory of Israel. The descent from Abraham, all the covenants, all the promises, the descent from the divine order of temple services and regime, in the ritual, the divine order of temple service, all these were, were mighty, mighty privileges, but all were as nothing compared to the mighty fact that out of Israel, out of Israel was born the Savior of the world. This was to be the highest honor of the Jewish nation, that Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, who was a Jewish woman, and that the blood, the blood of the one, According to Romans chapter 1, 3, blood of the one made of the seed of David, according to the flesh, was to make atonement for the sin of humankind. Now the words of old Simeon, let us remember, will yet receive a fuller accomplishment. The light which he saw by faith as he held as he held Jesus in his arms, shall yet shine so brightly that all the nations of the Gentile world shall see it. The glory of that Jesus, whom Israel crucified, shall one day be revealed so clearly to the scattered Jews that he was crucified for your sake and my sake. That one day he revealed so clearly that they shall look on Jesus whom they have pierced and repent and be converted. The day shall come when the veil shall be taken from the heart of Israel and all shall see, according to Isaiah 24, 25, they shall see the glory of the Lord. For that day, let us wait, let us watch, let us pray. If Christ is the light, and if Christ is the glory of our souls, your personal soul, my soul, that day cannot come too soon. And then lastly, we see in this brief portion of Scripture, we see in this passage a, a very striking account of the results, the results which would follow when Jesus Christ in his gospel came into the world. Every word, every word of old Simeon on this subject deserves some private reflection and meditation. The, the whole forms of a prophecy which is being daily fulfilled. Christ was to be a sign spoken against. Jesus was to be a mark for all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Satan, the devil, the evil one. Those principalities and powers and forces that are at work in your life and in my life. He, Jesus, was to be despised. Jesus was to be despised and rejected. He and his people were to be a city that was to be set upon a hill, assailed, assailed his people on every side and hated by all sorts of enemies. And so it was proved. Where do you side yourself, Israel? I hope to God God's blessings upon those who bless Israel, God's curses upon those who curse Israel. 
people who agreed in nothing else have agreed in hating Christ. And you see that in politics today. You start standing up for life. I don't think there's such a thing as pro-choice. It's either pro-life or pro-death. Not such a thing as a choice to destroy a little baby that maybe has no choice in it. From the very first, thousands have been persecuted and unbelievers. Christ was to be the occasion of the fall of many in Israel, and, and it was to pierce the soul of his parents, Joseph and Mary. Jesus was to be a stone, a stone of stumbling and, and a rock of offense to many who were proud and self-righteous, who would reject Jesus and, and perish, perish in their sins. And so it proved to multitudes among them that Christ crucified was a stumbling block in his gospel. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 23, and 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 16, it was to be a savor of death. Christ was to be the occasion of a rising again to many in Israel. Jesus was to prove the Savior of many who at one time rejected him, who blasphemed him. You think we live in a day and age when our leaders are rejected and blasphemed? Can you imagine how those scribes and Pharisees, those politicians in Jesus' day, came up with all kinds of names for Jesus. They rejected him, they blasphemed him, they reviled him, Scripture said. But there were some that repented and there were some that believed. And so it proved that when the thousands who crucified him repented and, and Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, Saul who persecuted Jesus was converted, there was nothing less than a rising again from the dead. Christ was to be the occasion of the, the thoughts of many hearts and many minds being revealed, the scripture says. That Jesus, Jesus' gospel was to bring to light the real characters of many people. Many characters, many personalities are being sifted today, folks. I hope you don't follow the alphabet news media, the fake news. ABCs and CBSs and NBCs. The enmity towards God of some, the, the inward wariness and hunger of others would be discovered by the preaching of the cross. It would show that, that all what all really were. And so it is true. The Acts of the Apostles which are the works of the Apostles, the book, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, in almost every chapter, every chapter they bear witness that in this, as in every other item of his prophecy, old Simeon spoke the truth. I close with these questions for those by way of television and radio today, and you who are here. And now, what do we do, what do we do in, as we think on Christ? This is a question that ought to occupy our minds. What thoughts 
hostage Jesus called forth in our hearts today? What thoughts are being called forth in your heart today? This is the inquiry which ought to receive our attention. Are we for Jesus and what Jesus stood for? Or are we against him and what he stood for? Do we love Jesus or do we neglect Jesus? Do we stumble at his doctrines or do we find life? Do we find in his words life from the dead? And let us, let us, you and I, never rest till these questions are satisfactorily answered. Father, this morning we pray that you would afflict the comforted and comfort the afflicted. Father, may we hunger and have a passion for your word. And may we seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. May we be like the Simeon who was just and devout. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and those by way of television today, would you repeat this with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. May I live for you. Forgive my sins, O Lord. Come into my heart and life. Help me to be just. And help me to be devout. In Jesus' name. Amen. At this time in our service, as we prepare to depart in peace, I ask you to join me in the offertory prayer that's printed in our bulletins this morning. If you would join me. God of light and love, we have in recent weeks sung our songs announcing the birth of our Savior. We have remembered Christ's baptism in our home. We have acknowledged the light that came into the world through Christ. And now it's time to hear Jesus' call to follow he calls us to follow not just when it fits our schedule, not just when it doesn't mean giving up something else, and not just when it's safe. We offer these gifts to you as a token, knowing that to truly follow, we need to let go of all the calls us in a different direction. Help us to be faithful in following. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the ushers come forward this morning, if you be so kind of turning your hymnals to bless me that hide it binds purple number 557 please
Moses, says, Behold the Lamb of God, we are reminded that God no longer requires an offering as was done in the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus was the offering for our redemption. Our salvation no longer rests on an offering of animals or even money, but God is pleased when we make our whole lives the offering, our whole lives. Bless more than these tithes and offerings. Bless the offering of our lives to Christ. In that name we trust. In that name we pray. Amen. If you have any announcements that you'd like to make, you want to clear them with our praise group this morning. There will be an administrative council meeting directly after the service, and everybody is invited to attend that. Just a reminder, your giving statements, your end giving statements are at the back of the church on the podium. And if for some reason you don't have a giving, I think we have offertory boxes. So, okay. And then, then Margaret, what's it immediately following the coffee hour? Back to the 50s? Okay. I heard it from her birth year. Do you feel comfortable sharing your age? on any upcoming events. You've heard a lot in the newspaper about certain churches in the United Methodist Church and everyone addressing that in the future. And I, I've addressed that on the radio station 980 and I know many of you have been following that too. So, you want to take us out, Gary? Okay. 